Good morning. Welcome to Palmetto Baptist Church. We're so glad you are here with us today. We have a very special Sunday today. We get to hear from Pastor Dusty, and uh, we're so excited to have him. And we get to be led in worship by Pastor Chuck Trailer, who is uh, the worship pastor over at Welcome Baptist. So we are so excited what God is doing. And I'm sure we don't know what God has for us in the future, but we know he's on the throne. And we know that gives us our confidence. We don't need to know. He knows, so we don't have to know. We can just walk in faith and trust him, and we're going to worship him today, hear from his word, and sing about him. So I'm glad that you're here and glad that you could be a part of us this morning. So if you're a guest with us, we'd love for you to stop by uh, the tables in the back. There's also a card right in front of you in your seat pocket, which has a QR code. You can let us know a little bit about you, and we can reach out and uh, see what needs you might have and how we can... Uh, help you in your Christian walk and get to know you. So please take advantage of that. We're glad you're here. A couple things we want to mention. Next week is our marriage uh, retreat, Friday and Saturday, as well as next Sunday will be our family Sunday. And so it'll look a little different. We'll get to have Dave Burgraff, who is going to be coming and doing the weekend with us. He will be doing the main service and then the equip hour. Be preparing for that because we're going to have four special breakout times for equip hour next Sunday. And so be ready to uh, participate in that and see what God is going to teach us from his word. So we're going to uh, read with you from Hebrews chapter uh, 1. And I just realized I left my Bible down there. So I'm going to have to borrow a Bible from somebody. Do you have a Bible I could borrow? Thank you. Hebrews chapter 1. All right. Oh, it's up on the screen. I could do it up there. All right. Thank you. I got a little excited about everything and left my Bible over there. Uh, Hebrews says, but the Son of God... But of the Son of God, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is a scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. We ought to be singing with gladness, knowing that God has redeemed us. He's given us salvation. It doesn't matter what man can do to us. Uh, we have our security in the Lord and in heaven. So praise God for him. Let's worship him with joy and gladness this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you that you are the God of heaven. You are on the throne. You have given your son the scepter of the earth. And what seems like is happening in the world around us that we are in control, out of control, that uh, wickedness is winning. We know that you will win. And we don't have to worry. We don't have to fret. We can come and worship you. And we know our future. Your word has given us hope. So as we worship you today, may we worship with whole hearts. May we joyfully sing to you, the God of our salvation. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right. Good morning, church. It's nice to see everybody here this morning. Um, so last week, we introduced uh, three couples. They were all married people, of course. And so then this week, we have five people that are not married. Uh, so it's exciting to see the different demographics that the Lord is bringing here and wanting to be a part of our church. And uh, we're just excited about that. Before I get to them, I want to mention the fact that in, on March 17th, we're having a baptismal class. And so out of our PBC 101 class recently, we had a number of people that said they'd like to join but need to be baptized first. So if you are, um, have been saved and want to sort of proclaim to the body that you've been uh, saved and given your life to the Lord, then we'd like for you to uh, have the opportunity to be baptized as well. 
So on March 17th, Pastor Peter Cushman will be teaching that class. And uh, so we invite you to get signed up for that. If you go online, you can do that. Also in the PBC 101 book, or if you just talk to Kim Aarons, there's a number of different ways we can get you signed up for that class. Or if you just come and join it on the 17th, it's all good, right? So just wanted you to be aware of that. So this morning, I'd like to introduce to us uh, some people, three for full membership and two for watch care. We'll do the full members first. Ryan High, where's Ryan High? He's over here. Ryan is from Texas. He studied media ministry at North Greenville University and has experience running cameras for many churches and events. He enjoys uh, creating videos with his GoPro. He's interested in serving in the welcome team, coffee ministry, or AV team. That's great. Photo photography and any of the other creative arts ministries. Ryan, we're glad to have you coming to be with us. Isaac Perry, where's Isaac? Isaac's over here. Isaac is originally from West Virginia and is currently pursuing his master's in counseling at Bob Jones University Seminary and eventually he wants to get his MDiv. He's interested in serving in the worship team, the welcome team, parking, or the counseling ministry. Isaac, so glad to have you coming with us as well. For our third uh, full member, Noah Smith. Noah's here. Um, Noah, uh, Bert recruited him at a football game and brought him in and said, hey, you need to come to church here. And look, he's joining. So he's from Muncie, Pennsylvania. He's a business finance major. He enjoys watching and playing football and is part of our college ministry here. Noah, welcome to you. All right, for our Watch Care members, uh, Timothy Karpitsky, and I didn't ask him, am I saying that right? All right, he goes by Tina, uh, Tima, Tima. <laughs> Sorry, not Tina, Tima. He's from Denver, uh, Pennsylvania, is a freshman, uh, film and digital storytelling uh, major. He, he, has, he and his brother have their own production company called Recognized Productions. Uh, he's interested in working with the children and youth ministries, the coffee team, or in the AV ministry as well. Tima, glad to have you with us. And Anna Peterson. Anna's over here. Anna's from Roswell, Georgia. Uh, is a junior graphic design major at BJU. She's interested in serving on worship team, creative arts, videography, and youth ministry. Her grandparents are here somewhere, probably in the back over there. Um, their families uh, were involved in ministries with Pastor Sam up north. And so there's a long history with the two ministries and their pastors. So, so glad to have you guys. All those in favor of accepting our three full members and our two watch care members, say amen and smile. Amen. I like to smile. Thank you, guys. Well, amen. That's an exciting way to start a worship time together, wouldn't you say? Amen. Amen. It's a joy to be with you. Many of you came this past Wednesday night over to Welcome to check us out, check out our facilities, and have a time of listening. So, and our folks so enjoyed having you there. I've heard some, from so many of those how excited they were to see each one of you. So I'm excited about this day. And we're here for what reason? We're here to worship our Lord and Savior, Amen. Jesus Christ. We're going to open with a song, a very powerful song, because I'm thinking about Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah 6 is a model for worship. When Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. And so we need to see the Lord high and lifted up. As we behold our God. Let's stand and sing. Behold our God. Who has had 
said amen Man, let's be seated this morning I'm so glad that you're here and so deeply appreciate you coming this morning to worship with us 
If this is your first time here at Palmetto, welcome. We are delighted that you came to be with us this morning, and we're so glad that we have the opportunity to worship our Lord together and to sing his praises and to pray together and to sit under the preaching of God's word together. So this is a good morning, and I hope already you sense that as you're here with us. Uh, if you haven't already stopped by one of the welcome tables, there are two welcome tables in the back, and we would be so privileged if you would stop by there on your way out. We have a small gift we'd like to give you just as a token of our appreciation for you coming. We treat your visit this morning, we consider it a gift from the Lord, a stewardship from the Lord. You're not here by accident this morning. You may have got up this morning and thought, you know, I, I really ought to go to church today and uh, man, I think I've heard something about Palmetto, and maybe I go check that place out. And in your mind, it may have just been that, but in God's mind, it's so much more. And so you're not here by accident this morning, and we are so delighted that he brought you across our path. And we want to welcome you, we want to serve you this morning, and we want to do so because we love the Lord and we love his gospel. There's a small card in the front or in the back of the chair in front of you in that little pocket there. And if you don't mind filling that out and dropping it uh, back at the welcome table on your way out, that'll just give us a record of your visit this morning. You know, it seems like every time we come together, and I say this to you a lot, and I know that it can sound trite when you say it so often, but the worship we enjoy together in the hymns we sing is so amazing. I, I was thinking this morning about the, the hymns we're going to sing. And we started off with beholding our God seated on his throne. And then we went to this amazing hymn that we just sang to think that that God would get off his throne and go to a cross and let his blood run red. I don't know how we can sing that without thankfulness sort of leaking out of our eyes every once in a while. And then we're going to sing uh, about the greatness of this God who did that. And then we're going to end with our hymn of the month that we've been learning abide. And, and the wording of all of that just flows so well with our text this morning. I'm going to ask you to turn to Isaiah 6. We're going to read that together uh, in just a moment. But before we do, let me bring you up to speed on some exciting things that we've been praying about as a congregation and that the Lord has been uh, just moving forward. You know, it's, it's evident when God is in something because He providentially opens doors that no man can shut, and he closes doors that no man can open. And that's right out of the text of Scripture that we read and that we thank the Lord for, and he seems to have continued to be opening doors for us as a congregation and uh, with the wonderful folks over at Welcome Baptist Church. Now, you remember when we got together on Vision Sunday, I said that we were going to communicate, 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 and then we were going to communicate some more. We were going to over-communicate, and I warned you about that, and so please indulge me a little bit as we communicate, 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 because we can't pray about something we don't know, and the thing we most need in this is what? Prayer. We need His approval. This isn't going to happen because people got together and planned it all out. This is going to happen because the great God of heaven, who we sang about this morning, who we've just beheld as we've worshipped him, is, is moving. And so let me just kind of bring you up to speed. Uh, many, many of you went over there on Wednesday night, and you saw the beautiful facilities that God has given to these precious people and that they have upheld 
as a stewardship before the Lord. And uh, we are so humbled by what God has done there and what God continues to do there. And so we uh, have met with their leadership, our leadership, and their leadership have met. And they have asked, and we feel it's reasonable. We feel like this is the right thing to do. And so I'm going to ask you to trust the leadership of this church. Uh, the elders and the leaders of our church have lived before you openly and transparently. And we have ministered the word of God to you with grace and truth. And so I want to just urge you to trust the, the, the combined collective leadership that God has given to this body. And we feel like what they have asked for is more than reasonable. And we feel like if we don't do this, we're going to actually dishonor the Lord in this. And so they've asked that instead of voting on March 10th, they would like a little more time to pray. Wouldn't you agree that's a good thing to do? They would like a little more time to pray. They would like a little more time to get to know us. When we went over there on Wednesday night, it was wonderful. Their uh, leaders were in the lobby of the church, and they greeted us, and they made us feel so welcome. And we were so blessed by that. <clears throat> and then we had a wonderful time. Uh, almost, I think, 230, 230 folks were there. And then uh, they were so gracious to let us take a guided tour of the, of the facilities God has entrusted to them. And we're so grateful for that. And so they would like a little more time. And frankly, I think we need to take advantage of that time to pray together. And so they will be doing their vote on April the 7th, and we will be doing our vote on April the 7th. You say, well, how's that going to work? Charlie, Nacelli, and Pastor Ben are miracle workers. They're going to figure that out, and we will tell you once they have it figured out because there's certain things that have to happen from a parliamentary procedure. And so that's going to be happening on the 7th. In the meantime, between now and then, we want to do two things. We want to pray together, and we want to worship together. And I think that's a wonderful thing. So on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, March the 6th, we are not going to insist that you cancel your community group, but we're going to strongly urge that if you're in a community group, that instead of meeting together in your community group, if it's at all possible, head over to Welcome Baptist and worship there in their prayer service. They have a Wednesday evening prayer service, and that's the night they do their outreach. They do a Bible study and prayer and sing, and so they've invited us to come over there for two Wednesday nights, and the first of those is on Wednesday. And so as many of us as can, you say, well, I'm not in a community group. Great, head over there. It's not great that you're not in a community group. If you're not in a community group, I'm going to pray that the Lord will convict you and get you in a community group because you need to be in one. But we do want to go over there. So if you have uh, Wednesday night free, uh, Dusty, what time is that service? 7 o'clock at the Welcome Baptist Church. And uh, just head over there and we'll pray together. And we're going to do the same thing on the 20th. All right? So the week of the 20th and this Wednesday we're going to meet over there. And then we are... Um, going to take next Sunday, the 10th. That's our family emphasis weekend. We have our couples retreat on Friday and Saturday. By the way, so many of you signed up for that. Thank you for doing that. And uh, I will be there. Uh, I promise. Uh, my wife has already made sure of that twice. 
And so uh, we're looking forward to that. Pray about that if you, if you think about that this week. But in our Sunday morning prayer time, we're going to actually do something a little bit different. We're going to get on our knees, as many of us as who can. We're going to change our posture because this is something we really want to put before the Lord. And we're just going to kneel down by our chairs, and I'm going to lead us corporately in prayer about this next Sunday morning. All right, so we're going to pray together. And then we're going to worship together. On Sunday the 17th, uh, we have invited the Welcome Baptist Church membership and regular attenders to come and join us here for our Sunday morning service. Pastor Dusty Rains will be leading and preaching that Sunday, and uh, we're excited about that. And then we are all going to go over there and join them on Palm Sunday, and that is on the 24th. We're going to head over there. We'll meet at our normal time, 930 over there. And we will worship together, and then instead of equip, we're going to have an all-church fellowship with them. How many of you have been to a, a potluck dinner? Anybody here ever been to a church potluck? Remember your parents used to talk about that? Your grandparents used to rave about that? Many of you, some of you have never been to a church potluck dinner. We're going to try to have one on the 24th, which is Palm Sunday, and we're going to do it right after our morning service. So we want you to plan to be there for that. And I'll lead that service and uh, preach God's word to us on Palm Sunday. And that'll give us time to be together and to pray together and to ask God to continue to prosper what we're doing here. We only want what the Lord wants. Uh, we were led in worship this morning by uh, Pastor Chuck uh, Trailer, And, of course, we met Pastor Chuck and his wife uh, last week, his wife Chris, and heard their wonderful testimony during our equip hour so Pastor Chuck was leading this morning. And then our, our word time, our preaching will be done this morning by Pastor Dusty Rains. And uh, he is here with his family. Uh, his wife Amanda is here. And their two children, Abigail and Josh, are here. And so we're so delighted, Pastor Dusty, that you're here. Thank you. We've been praying for you this week and asking God uh, to give you uh, the word that we need for today. And that word is going to come out of the book of Isaiah chapter 6. And so let's read that together and then I'll pray and then Pastor Garrett will come for our children's moment. We'll sing and then Pastor Dusty will preach. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his feet, and with two he covered his face, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me. For I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth, and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Lord, we are so grateful for all that you are doing in our midst. We can hardly believe it. And we just lift our voices to thank you for your goodness. 
Lord, every once in a while, a church like ours needs to see clear, undisputable evidence that you are working in our midst. We see it every day. We experience the fruit of it week by week. But every once in a while, you work in such a way that can only be explained by you. And you're doing that now. And so we do pray for our two congregations as we come together. We ask that you would prosper this. Lord, we have said many times that the only reason we should do this is because that together we can do more for your gospel and for your kingdom than we can do apart. And Lord, before you, this whole congregation would open our hearts and affirm that that is our desire, that we want to do more for your gospel and we want to do more for your kingdom. And so, Lord, if this is a way that you would be pleased to bring that about for two dear congregations that are precious to you, we would be so delighted. Lord, we ask that today as we sit under your word, what we have read from the book of Isaiah would convict us as it did Isaiah. Lord, Isaiah was convicted by what he saw and what he heard. Lord, we can come into your presence so often and never be convicted. Lord, this morning, would you convict us as we, as we marvel at your beauty and your majesty and your holiness? Would you do a work in our hearts about that? But Lord, Isaiah just wasn't convicted. He responded. And Lord, we want to respond like he did. We want to be humble. We want to humble ourselves under your mighty hand. Lord, Isaiah humbled himself, and then you did an amazing thing. You spoke to one of those angels, and you sent something that would cleanse his mouth and atone for his sin. And we know what that was. You sent your son. And we've been singing about him. He's an amazing evidence of your grace to us, and we receive it as such. And we pray that your word would nourish us and feed us today. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, kids, you can head to the front. If you're in kindergarten or through fifth grade, you can head here. We'll spend a couple minutes and then head upstairs together. I like seeing all of the energized and then sleepy faces head to the front at the same time. Well, we are four lessons into a new series. Does anyone remember what series that is? The Promises of God, but it's called Faithful to All His Promises. And so you want to know what the lesson is about today? God is faithful to all his promises. You know, we're getting into a season where we're about to elect a new president. Do you know what all of the presidential candidates are going to be doing for the next several months? Making a lot of promises. I'm going to do this with the taxes. I'm going to make the economy look like this and this and this. A whole lot of promises. Do you know if all of those are going to come into fruition? <laughs> we can guess on percentages, but I don't think anyone's going to say 100%. But the scriptures say that God is not like man, that he would lie or change his mind. If there's something that he says, will it not come to pass? I could say, hey, we're going to have a Spring Fest event the day before Easter outside. Well, you know what happens in April? Well, I guess it's technically March, but you know what April is? Lots of rain. You know what happens if it rains? Well, there goes my commitment to that event. There's things that we say, I know you've had this happen. A sibling says, yeah, you can have my toy after I'm finished playing with it. You know what happens after a few minutes? They change their mind. And I just hung out with a nephew yesterday. We call him uh, Bear, and he's really good at climbing trees. 
but some trees are unclimbable, and he needs help getting up to the first branch. And if one of you kindergartners say, I'll help you get up on the front, the, man, the first branch, but then you're not strong enough, that's a promise you can't keep. There are so many things where either we can't keep it or we change our mind and we don't want to keep it. God is not like that. You will never find someone who is more committed and able to keep his promises to you. God never changes his intentions. And that's when we say that God is faithful to all his promises. Every promise that we're going to look at in this series, we can say with confidence that he's going to keep this because he's committed to himself with an unswerving allegiance to glorify himself. And he's glorified by keeping his promises. So let's go upstairs. We'll talk some more about this and we'll, uh, we'll worship God together. Father, thank you that you have revealed your word to us. And on top of that, that these aren't just words that that we can receive loosely, but just like you uphold your word, that we can cling to these words tightly, knowing that you're going to keep every promise that you've made. You're going to keep us in your love, and everything is going to work out together for good for those who love you. I pray that those would speak to our heart and encourage us and strengthen us, that what you've promised, it will come to pass. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, amen. How exciting it is to see the boys and girls here today. Many years ago, Chris and I were serving at First Baptist Church of Winter Haven, Florida. We were privileged to have George Beverly Shea and Kurt Kaiser come to a concert at our church. And, hey, George Beverly Shea was a big man. He was about this tall. He was a, he's a gentle giant. But what a love for the Lord he had. And he brought a wonderful song to the church that we all know and love. How great thou art. We're going to stand together and we're going to worship the Lord as we sing How Great Thou Art. I see. 
how great you truly are. And Father, as Pastor Dusty comes now, we ask your anointing upon him, anointing upon your word as your message goes forth. May it find its place in each of our hearts. And may we leave here today transformed by the gospel of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. good to be here with all of you on this Lord's Day as we have come to gather to do one thing, and that is to worship, to worship the Lord God Almighty, the one who is, who was, and who is to come. If you have your copy of God's Word with you, I invite you to turn with me. We'll be in two different passages this morning, uh, one Isaiah chapter 6 and the other over in Matthew chapter 17 as well this morning. For those of you who do not know me, my name is Dusty Rains. I'm the pastor at Welcome Baptist Church just a few miles down the road in Greenville. I have been there for 12 years, almost 12 years. It'll be 12 years in June. Uh, to give you a little bit of background, uh, I, was, uh, I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ at 13 years old. Out of a very difficult time in my life at that time, uh, and uh, the Lord saved me uh, it was a time where God had poured into me through other people, had uh, begun to convict me of my sin, and in a, a, a regular church service, not a deeply evangelistic message, when I was 12 years old, uh, just before my 13th birthday, uh, I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ, and in a service, I walked down, the associate pastor asked me why I had come that morning, I said, I need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I just need to get saved. He said, we can handle that. We sat down on the front pew of the church. We prayed together. I prayed to ask the Lord Jesus into my heart. A week or so later, I was baptized uh, in that church. 
And the Lord has been working with me throughout that, since that time. I began working in some youth ministry in college. And then while in, uh, just uh, after graduation, while studying for a sermon where at a church where I was uh, serving as a youth pastor, God called me to preach. He said, stop running and do what I tell you to. My answer was simply, yes, sir. And uh, my wife and I at the time, uh, at that time, we had just been married uh, a little over a year. We packed up and moved to New Orleans, Louisiana, uh, where I went to New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. And Welcome is the third church that I have pastored. And uh, the Lord has been good and gracious to us, even through the most of difficult of times. But the Lord has led us here to this moment today. And uh, this morning... I want to ask you a question as we get started. What is worship? When you begin to think about that word, when you begin to think about that concept of what worship is, we need to come to a definition of that as followers of Jesus Christ. It is a question that is harder to answer than it should be for most believers. And it really depends on what church you're in, where you are, and in what place you're in, if you ask that question, you may get different answers to that. In recent years, music uh, worship has seemed to have revolved around music. We fought these things as it's sometimes known as the worship wars over music. Uh, is worship traditional hymns or is it more contemporary music? Is worship piano and organ, or can you have other instruments there as well? These things, in the long run, have very little to do with worship, though. Now, I'm not saying that you cannot worship through music. I do. There are many songs, several of them we sang this morning, that come to me and work through my spirit to help me to honor God. But in and of itself, music is not worship. No message, no sermon that I could ever prepare, no matter how much time I take into it, no matter how much diligence I take into it, a sermon in and of itself is not worship. Now, I offer my sermons up as an offering, as, a, as an offering to God in worship, but my sermons in and of themselves are not worship. So what is worship then? In Isaiah chapter 6, we get a picture of Isaiah having a moment with a holy God. Look with me again as we read these verses. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And they called to one another saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost. For I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord 
of hosts. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Father, this morning as we come to understand worship, as we come to understand what it is that you have called us to, Father, I pray that you will open our hearts, that you will open our minds to you today, that your Holy Spirit will speak to us in a way that will be life-changing and transforming. And we pray this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. In order to understand worship, though, we can all have our definitions. But if you want to understand what worship really is, we need today, my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, we need today to come to an understanding of what holiness is. If you want to understand worship, you've got to try to come to terms with the, with the holiness of God. Notice what the seraphim say as they are standing before the Lord. What do they say? Holy, holy, holy. Not just once, not just twice, but three times. And this word holy that is used here in the Hebrew scriptures is the Hebrew word kadash. That word kudash in Hebrew means this. It means that something is sacred. It means that it is set apart. It means that it is free from defilement. So what does that then tell us about our God? If God is holy, 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 what does this then tell us about who God is? Well, one... It tells us that he is set apart. Now, what does that mean? It means this, that he is different from us. The Word of God tells us that we were created in the image of God. But folks, let me tell you something. We may be created in his image, but he is nothing like us. We take on some attributes of who he is. But he is nothing like us. He is set apart. He is holy. He is set apart from us. He is beyond our comprehension. Folks, if you begin to try to get and to wrap your mind around who God is, you're going to quickly to run out of words to describe who he is. The English language, all the languages of the earth combined cannot even begin to tell us who God is. He is so massive. He is bigger than this earth. He is bigger than our solar system. He is bigger than our galaxy. He is bigger than this universe. Your God is bigger than you think he is. He is set apart. But he is also sacred. Do you know what that word sacred means? That word sacred means to regard with great awe. To regard with great awe. That word awe, we use that word awesome a lot. Okay, But awe simply means a reverent type of fear. Now, as a child of God, I do not fear God in terror. Okay, But I do fear him. Folks, when you enter into the presence of God, you should tremble in the presence of the God you just stepped into his presence. You should tremble in awesome fear before the Lord. It should cause you to do what Isaiah did. Woe is me. 
I am undone. Let me translate that for you. I'm going to use the DRPV, which is the Dusty Rains paraphrase version. Okay? That, that phrase, woe is me, I'm undone, this, mean, this is what it means. I'm toast. I'm dead. I am a dead man walking. Isaiah knew whose presence he had just stepped into, and he feared for his very life because he knew his condition. He says, I am lost. I am a sinner, and I live among a people who are sinners. I have no business being there. Folks, when you enter into the very presence of God, as a human being, you have no reason to be there because you are not holy. The only thing that makes me worthy to be in God's presence is the holiness that has been given to me by Jesus Christ. It is his holiness, not mine. I am not holy, but Jesus is. But God is also free from the taint of sin. Sin does not exist in God's presence at all. He is holy. He is completely free from all defilement. When we come to terms with the holiness of God, until we come to an understanding of the holiness of God, you will never really, truly worship the Lord God of heaven. We must come to understand that he is holy. The seraphim give us, a, give us an idea of what this means. Notice these two great creatures that stand before God. And as, as in, in Revelation tells us, they never stop saying this. They weren't saying it just for Isaiah's, uh, because Isaiah was there. They never stop saying, holy, holy, holy. They never stop, ever. But not only are they saying the words with their mouths, how they are in God's presence tells us something. They have six wings. With two, they cover their eyes. They will not even look on God himself. They will not even look upon him. So they cover their face so as not to look on the holiness of God. With two, they cover their feet so that the ground the very air around God, their feet would not be a part of that. And with two, they fly so their feet never ever touch the ground in the presence of a holy God. What is your posture when you come into the presence of holiness? What is your posture in that place? And our desire, though, to fit church, and I'll use my air quotes here, church, into our schedules, we limit our worship time to one hour. Folks, I have been in churches where it took them an hour just to pray. They spent an hour in prayer before the Lord, before they ever sang a song, before they ever preached a message. They spent time preparing themselves to come into the very holiness of God. We, have, we in our world and our culture have become so me-oriented, us-oriented, that we do not sometimes even figure God into our worship services. We'll come in, we'll sing a few songs, 
person will stand up here and say a few words and then we go home and we never once contacted God. And, but we'll call that a worship service. Is nothing like a worship service. But we need to come to a grasp as much as we can to understand what holiness is. Why did they say holy, holy, holy? Because it is God's defining characteristic. Every other thing we know about God comes from and flows from his holiness. And folks, we need to come to terms with the holiness of God. But look with me now over in Matthew chapter 17. We come to now understanding holiness, but now we need to come to terms with the person to whom we are worshiping. Who do you worship? And here in Matthew chapter 17, we have an event here with Jesus and three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John. Look with me there. Matthew 17, verse 1. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun. His clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking to, with him. And Peter said, to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and the voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. You see, the disciples had lost sight of who it is they worshipped. See, they had been around Jesus for a, for a while now. Okay? They had heard Jesus' teachings in person. Wouldn't you like to do that? I mean, if we could get a DeLorean and get a time machine and go back in time, I'd love to be there at the, at the Sermon on the Mount just to hear Jesus speak. I mean, they got to hear that in person. They were on the front row. They got to see Jesus perform all of the miracles from the very first one that he did all the way through. They got to witness all of those. They got to see Jesus up close, but their closeness had clouded their vision of who he was. Isn't that true about us? Sometimes we get so comfortable with things that we forget that they're there. We forget where we are. Ever had that stain on the carpet? Yeah, I need to do something about that. You walk by the net, yeah, I need to do something about that. And soon you just forget that it's there. You just walk by it and don't even give it a second thought. Why? You've become comfortable with the stain. Jesus, the disciples in their humanness had become comfortable with Jesus. Now, remember, this was just after Jesus had set aside some time talking with his disciples, and he said, who do people say that I am? Oh, well, you're, you're, you're Elijah. 
you're one of the prophets, or you're John the Baptist, come back from the dead. And then he asked them that all very important question, okay, that's good, but who do you say that I am? And I truly believe that when Peter stood up and made that great confession of who Jesus is, all the disciples believed that you are the Christ, the Son of the Most High God. I believe that they believed that. But they had gotten close in their familiarity of who Jesus was. And so Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up on the mountain and he transfigures before them. They got to see Jesus as he really is. They got down to the realness of who Jesus is. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became white as light. And when they looked up, They knew they were somewhere different to the very point that Peter said, I don't want to leave. Can we just stay here? I'll set us up some tents. Let's just stay here. They were awestruck. They had that encounter like Isaiah did in Isaiah 6. We must understand that Jesus is more than just who we see in the Gospels. Now, before y'all take me outside and hang me for heresy, give me just a second. When we see Jesus in the Gospels, that's just the middle of the story. That's the middle of the story. You forget, Jesus didn't come into existence in that little uh, manger in Bethlehem on the night he was born. Jesus has always been, and he always will be. When we meet Jesus in the Gospels, we're just seeing him in his humanness, in his flesh. But he has always been. We're picking up in the middle of the story. If you want to know who Jesus is, you've got to go beyond Genesis. And if you really want to know who he is, you've got to go even beyond Revelation. Because he is eternally existent. He has always been there. As a matter of fact, Paul tells us that he is the agent of creation. By him and through him, all things were created. So when you read creation in Genesis, guess what? That was Jesus. He was there. He is the second person of the Trinity The 17th century minister, Richard Sibbs, wrote this. He encourages worshipers everywhere, including us today. He says, take the whole Christ. Do not divide the Lord from Jesus, and so make a Christ of your own making. See, that's the problem. Sometimes we get in our head what Jesus is like. We want to create our own Jesus. We want to put God in a box. We want to say, God can only do these things. And we put God in a nice little safe box and we go, okay, that's my God, that's my Jesus, and he's safe. And I can go and open the box and I can talk to my Jesus and then I can put the lid back on. Folks, Jesus doesn't live in your box. We need to be careful. Matt Redman, who is a worship leader and author, wrote this. When we encounter the whole Christ, we find an incredible mix of power and patience, glory and grace. 
He speaks in words that are both tender but also tough. Rebuking the hard heart yet welcoming the broken sinner. This is who Jesus is. Notice how Jesus reacted to the adulterous woman in John chapter 8. How did Jesus handle that situation? What did Jesus say to this woman? Jesus did not excuse her sin. Oh, honey, it's okay. Jesus didn't sweep it under the rug. He confronted her. He told her, leave your life of what? Sin. He didn't excuse it. But Jesus did this. Woman, where are those that have condemned you? And this woman probably through tear-stained eyes looks up at Jesus and says, no one has condemned me. Now listen to the heart of Jesus. Then neither do I condemn you. The only one who could. Then neither do I condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin. In great compassion and love, Jesus came to a broken sinner and did the only thing did the thing that only he could do. He forgave her. Folks, that is the Jesus that we worship. If you really want to get to know who Jesus is, let me tell you a good way to get to know who Jesus is. If you're having trouble trying to wrap in your mind around this person who is said to be holy, 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 and this Jesus that we don't want to put in our little nice little box where he's nice and safe, if you want to know who Jesus is, folks, Look what the scriptures say about him. Look what other people say about who Jesus is. As we are introduced to Jesus at the beginning of the Gospels, we are told that his name will be called what? Emmanuel. Do you know what Emmanuel means? It means God with us. Folks, stop. Don't look past that. Forget that you know what it means. Listen to the words. God with you. God is not some far off distant deity out there who created the universe, thumped it, got it spinning and said, okay, y'all do whatever you want to with it. I'll be standing back over here watching. Your God is not a God who is distant from you. He is with you. He's with you. Emmanuel, but he is more than that. He is Lord. He is Lord. That word means master. Folks, when I became a believer in Jesus Christ at 13 years old, you know what God became in my life? He became my master. Jesus tells us to deny yourself Take up your cross and follow him. That means you're not giving the orders anymore. 
It's not your life to determine what happens with. Jesus is my master. He is my Lord. I cast my life before him and say, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, I will do. I wish I could say I did that all the time. I haven't, but that is the course of my life. He is the Son of God. Jesus is every bit as much as you read about who God is. God the Father. Jesus is 100% that. He is fully divine in every way. Everything you can say about God the Father, you can say about God the Son, and you can say about God the Holy Spirit. They are all true. He is the Son of God, but notice the other thing that the Scriptures also tell us about Jesus. He is also the Son of Man. Hear me, folks. Look at me. Look at me real quick. God knows how you feel. Why? He lived it. You do not have a high priest who sits way up in some ivory tower who has no idea what you are going through. Jesus knows what it is to hurt. Jesus knows what it is to be stabbed in the back by a friend. Jesus knows what it is to lose someone who means the world to you. Jesus knows all of those things. He knows how the world will treat you. He understands that. So when we come before him and we lay out our pain before him, Jesus cannot just say, oh, you poor thing, bless your heart. No, he He gets down with you and goes, I have been there. I get it. Folks, show me another little G God out there anywhere that does that. Let me tell you, there isn't one. Only Jehovah gets down in the the dark and dirty with you and cries with you. And understands you. He gets it. He's the Son of Man. But He is also Christ. He is Messiah. He is the Anointed One. He is the One that has been promised to come. He is Christ. He is the light of the world. Folks, when this world is dark, and it is, and We have living within us the light of the world. He is the lamp before your feet and the light for your path. He will guide you where you need to go. He is the bread of life. Folks, I don't know if you can tell it, but I enjoy enjoy eating. Okay? Food is meant to sustain you. Jesus is the bread of life. He is the one who will, in all things, sustain you. When you can't walk, guess what? He he comes underneath you, undergirds you with his great strength, and mounts you up on wings like eagles. He is the one who will be there. He is the one who will sustain you in all the things. He is your great shepherd. He is the one who makes you lie down in green pastures and next to quiet waters. He is the one who anoints your head with oil. He is the one that guides you through the valley of the shadow of death. And you don't have to fear evil. Why? If I go to make my, my place in the highest mountains, he's already there. If I make my bed in the deepest sea, he beat me there. He's already there. Folks, in your In your future, God is already there. 
where you are right now, he stands with you because he is Emmanuel. You can't go anywhere that God already isn't. He is the Lamb of God, as John the Baptist said. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It is the same Lamb that you see in Revelation chapter 5, the one who is worthy to take the scroll and to break the seals and to begin the judgments of God upon a, upon a disobedient earth. He is the one. And John says, I looked and behold, and there was a lamb looking as if it had been slain. Even in heaven, Jesus bears the scars of Calvary. But of all of those names, there is one that is most precious to me. And it is simply the name Jesus. Why? Because in that name, I know everything I need to know about my Jesus, about the holiness of God. Do you know what the name Jesus means? Jesus is the, is the Greek word, the Greek naming for the Hebrew name Joshua. That name means simply this. God is salvation. In the very name of my Lord, he tells me, I am your salvation. In me and in me alone stands salvation. Folks, this is who you worship. When you come to this time, when you come in your own personal time of worship together, when you come, when we come together as congregations to worship, make sure you know who it is you're worshiping. Because in that, everything you need to know has already been revealed. And you can trust him. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Almighty God, maker of heaven and earth, I thank you that you are holy, holy, holy. And that there is no one like you. Father, help us to be a people who look on your holiness and that we remember who you are. Guide us today, Father, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I'm not sure how y'all handle an invitation here, and that's okay. But if today, you need to know who Jesus is. We stand ready to introduce you to him. Today, if you simply need to take some moments and to focus on who Jesus is and focus on his names,
and to focus on the person of worship, you can do that right now. I invite you to do it. As we come, I invite you to do just that. Will you stand and sing? We're going to close our service uh, with our song of the month, um, which hopefully will be a blessing to you guys after that sermon. Um, let's sing Abide.
may be seated. Amen. I love that song. What a way to end for us this morning. Teach me to abide. Before we go to our equip hour this morning, let me give you a few announcements of what's happening here at Palmetto. Uh, first of all, Pastor Sam mentioned that we have an updated timeline uh, in regard to unification with Palmetto and welcome. And that we're going to send that via email to you. I'm sure maybe some of you are feverishly writing that down, and we will get that so you all have that and are aware of uh, the upcoming timeline. And then uh, we are very excited. We have the marriage retreat this weekend. And um, we have uh, 116 people signed up for that. And uh, so we are uh, really excited for a phenomenal weekend. Um, but if you are not going on the marriage retreat, um, and there is a men's ministry hike at Table Rock. And so maybe uh, you'd like to do that. That is on Saturday uh, at 10 a.m. And reach out to, who's, who's leading that? Is that Matt Bronkema? Are you leading that, Matt? He's talking. He's not listening. <laughs> uh, reach out to Matt. Everybody reach out to Matt. For the hike, reach out to you. Awesome. If they've got questions about that, they can reach out to you, to Matt. And then there's a women's ministry um, event coming up in uh, Baked Potato and Salad Bar at PBC Maine, Tuesday, March 12th, 6 p.m., RSVP, bring a friend, and just a sweet time of fellowship. So um, that's going to be happening, coming very shortly. And the next Sunday is Family Sunday. We'll have a different um, equip schedule, but we're very excited to have Dave Burgraff uh, holding over. And there will be, uh, during the equip hour, many sessions that deal with the family. And so that will be a, uh, a really special equip hour. You're going to want to be a part of that. And then if you are desiring to be baptized, we have a baptism class on March 17th. Uh, and Pastor Peter will be leading that. So uh, please sign up in the app or on the e-news so that we can plan. Uh, if you don't even sign up, still go anyway. So we'd love for you to be there. And that's going to be meeting in the back on March 17th. We'll keep those announcements coming. All right, in today's Equip Hour class, let me give you the instructions of where to go and what all the classes are happening. We have our Young Marriage class right over here. We've got our Trusting God, God class right in the middle. And then my class over here from uh, Unity to Division. And that is going to be actually taught by Sam Munn today. Really looking forward to that. And then um, we have Pastor Ken's Theology class, the Spanish class taking place as well. And then our College class and young adults class are across at PBC Maine. If you have uh, you know, questions about where you're supposed to go for the equip hour, uh, please come and ask. I'll be up here up front for just a few minutes, but we'd love for you to be a part of it. And I know Pastor Sam already said this, but if this is your first time with us, we're so thankful that you're here today. And we have two welcome tables. Bring that connect card back to that welcome table. We'd love to give you a gift and meet you, um, and just thank you for being with us today. Well, will you please stand with me as we read our doxology together. We're thankful for how you continue to give. Thank you so much. And let's read from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17. 1 Timothy 1, verse 17. To the King of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. You are dismissed. <laughs>